Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome back to the worst idea of all time, season five. Uh, that's right. That was Tim Bat. I'm Guy Montgomery. We just watched a porno. It is 12.13 on the morning of Tuesday. A balmy 22 degrees outside. We have insulated ourselves from the outside world. And- I requested the door be open for this one and I said yes. But then I took it away from That's them. right. Right before we recorded, he shut the door. So we'll start off with a hiss and a roar. And then as the room becomes unbearably hot, um, we'll slow down. We just watched the fifth installment in Emmanuel in Space. And I would like to start it by reading a blurb. Dom Cobb is a thief with the rare ability to enter people's dreams and steal, their se- and steal secrets from their subconscious. What? His skill has made him a hot commodity in the world of corporate espionage, but has also cost him everything he loves. Cobb gets a chance at redemption when he's offered a seemingly impossible task. Plant an idea in someone's mind. You're describing a different film. If he succeeds, it will be the perfect crime, but a dangerous enemy anticipates Cobb's every move. Am I reading the blurb for the 2010 film Inception or... A Rough Guide for the Plot of Emmanuel in Space, A Time to Dream, a film that predates Inception by about 15 years. Could be either, really. Well, we've traced the Matrix back to the Emmanuel in Space series, Mm -hmm. and what's to stop us doing the same thing with Nolan? These sci-fi directors have got a hard-on for... Emmanuel... Yeah, it's like also they're lifting... Queen of the filmography, Emmanuel. Krista Allen, by the way, very accessible online. Wow, she's on Twitter, isn't she? Very accessible online. I don't know if her DMs are open. But still very... You just tweet You just tweet at them. You just tweet at them. You can just say, say, hey, Krista. Are you reading this? Big fan. There's a chance they are. Um, Yeah, I, I think that... Like while the execution of some of the concepts is a is not perfect in these films, the sci the sci fi con actually and also the porn, the neither the sci fi nor the porn in this film Guy is Montgomery perfect. Montgomery is having a reckoning with himself in real time. I'm watching it happen, but they open up ideas that are then later explored in these blockbuster bonanza films that come out after the fact, like. 
they, this movie is about dreams. Emmanuel introduces the notion of dreams to Hafron on the ship. She then falls asleep. Hafron, in the time it takes for her to introduce the idea of dreams and her falling asleep, has invented a dream-watching technology that he himself and the other aliens on the spaceship arm themselves with, with so they can watch her dreams. And uh, within the dream that she has, the initial dream she has, we then go through an Inception-style sequence where we uh, enter dreams within dreams, within dreams, within dreams, I believe. There are that, we're that many layers removed from the first dream. Is that true? I don't know. I'll go with it. Sounds good. There's, well, there's, there's, yeah, there's multiple levels of dreams, and then within the dreams there is stories being recounted. So that's kind of a dream. Yeah, it's just, to me, it's like... What happened to the pornos where you just get the people to fuck? Nah, like, dog. They're nah, not. Commit nah. to one. Nope. Pick uh-uh. a pick a side. I want a storyline. I want a plot. I want a space adventure that also has an Arabian Nights feel to it. I want multiple genre, uh, multiple kind of uh, cultural reference points in the stories that are being told. So th- this one is um, this one's mainly about a genie. I mean, we're talking a lot about dreams here. I dream of Genie. That's well, what I dream about because there's a guy in this one called Gene, and as I guessed seconds before it was revealed on screen, well, well done, Genie. Who knew that you could follow the foreshadowing of a made-for-TV porn series? Do you know what tipped uh, my mind to it? His facial hair. Ah, oh, I was I, like, this came out in the mid '90s, and he's got facial hair like that. I this thought it might have been Genie. that he appeared in a puff of smoke from inside of an enclosed small space. That didn't tip you off to the idea he could be a genie? No, it was just the, the facial traditional hair. genie exit? I had it in my mind down to two options. He's either the devil or a genie. Fuck, it would have been cool if he was the devil. That would have been really cool. What was that Liz Hurley one? Oh, it was um, Bedazzled. Yeah. Liz Hurley and Brendan Fraser, based on a Peter Cook film, the original. Yeah, yeah. Really good, really good. Um, I, I actually like both of them. Where's, where's Liz Hurley these days? England. She should be doing porn. Probably in lockdown. Imagine if she was the new Emmanuel. Did you say she should be doing porn? Yes. She should be doing Emmanuel I'm films. sure if she wanted to, she could be doing porn. Uh, she'd be a good Bond, actually, too, Liz Hurley. As James Bond? Yeah. Well, was- no, I think there's a um, word on the street is that the 007 designation has been given to a female agent in the upcoming movie. So now we could just do that. How is James Bond still as popular as like how is the Bond franchise still alive because every three years when the moon is full MGM takes 60% of all of their revenue and puts them into one film and they say will this be the one that breaks the studio and then the movie comes out and sometimes it gets pretty close but it doesn't break them, and they say, okay, we're going to try again in another three years. And then Daniel Craig says, I'm not doing another one. And they say, what about for $10 million? And he says, no. And they say, what about $50 million? And he says, okay. <laughs> this one, they might be fucked, though. Anyway, Emmanuel is what we're talking about. And I hated this movie. It, the script was so boring. We've lost our... Um, the first fantastic four- director and write. Oh wait, was he writing them? He uh, certainly. I, I reckon he was writing some of JJ, the gags. Right? Maybe I've, on the fly. I can't remember his name. I've forgotten his Directing name too. under his porno pseudonym, but 
Yeah, I the, this had none of the fun of the first four, less of the comedy. Like, in fact, virtually no attempted laugh lines. I was trying to think there was one gag in it that I liked. There was one but cracking joke. The whole thing instead is... Oh, the crystal balls. They talk. So she's bringing up the concept of crystal balls to Gene, the genie. And he says... Gene, Gene! That's all. Uh, he says, is that some sort of um, male appendage? It doesn't seem like it would be very practical and starts looking you know, downward towards his own testicles. And I thought that was pretty funny. When the bar is set at the rest of this film, that was a successful gag. It's just that... Well, I think what bothered me is that a lot of the questions it was asking about dreams and the explorations were kind of almost interesting. It's like you're watching people introduce a conversation that in the right hands could become quite fascinating Mm -hmm. but because it's also a softcore porno it's like they'd allude to something and then abandon it and then get back to these really like long blue lit sex scenes languid and languishing (sighs) they languished on the screen did you get the sense with this one that they were really trying to get across that 90 minute finish line because there were Mm. all these lines of dialogue where they were just repeating over and over again what the other characters were saying i also didn't know where i was meant to masturbate in this movie i don't know like in what sequence is it like this is the bit where you really have a have a crack yeah they were few and far between they i mean some of the scenes were quite uh i was gonna say gaudy it's not right the they were like opulent they they were horny in a very tacky way i don't know what that word is well there's a there was a lot of uh, group sex, or mm. like the soft core, mid nineties soft core version of group sex, which was mostly just a huge volume of naked people. But the center of it was that fucking guy who you just wanted to smash in the face. Yeah, he, he, he was this most petulant and childish figure in the film, and he's actually it was very Wizard of Oz how they did it because all the people who were in the flashbacks, what we were seeing a lot of was the origin story of the genie. And so this was set in... The genie who exists only in a dream. Yeah. So it's very difficult to truly care about. (laughs) Yes. A projection of Emmanuel's subconscious into this genie. And then the genie's like, well, let me tell you a story about my origin. It's like, wait, what? You you don't exist. But then what rules is then we cut back to the spaceship where Heffron and everyone are like looking at her dream. They're all standing over her like some impending bukkake circle that's threatening to happen wearing VR headsets made by Mattel. And they openly discuss the plot holes of this movie where they're like, wait a minute. Is she dreaming that she's dreaming? And does Gene get to dream they, if she yeah. invented it? <laughs> they wave off all of the plot holes by saying, well, humans, does. Yeah, humans are very complex and their dreams are, you know. It, dr- it, it, it's quite good how they did it, actually, because they said, they, well, the opening up of all of them I found very funny because it's like, whoa, you guys have got a good fucking point. This script sucks. It is a hot mess. And then Heffron kind of plays it all off because he's very jealous that he is not the center of Emmanuel's affections, but, even in her deepest subconscious. Yeah. Within her dreams, she's always questing to find her her dream lover. In the great words of Bobby Darren, who, by the way, died at thirty seven years old. Let's talk about Bobby Darren. Well, you I, might know him from some. Uh, wait, what is that song called? Uh, somewhere, the sea. yeah, beyond the sea. Beyond Mac the, sea. the knife, dream lover, because he don't want to dream alone. He was uh, a singer, an actor. A general movie star. A song and dance man. That's right. Who had rheumatic fever as a boy and uh, came to a very 
He was he was afraid of dying early, and rightly so because he did at the age of thirty seven, a real tragedy. But he became I, I sort of thought he'd be a bit of a dirty dog because he's got that very smooth look. He sings these smooth songs. He was he was like in Hollywood in an era where all of the most debonair crooners were probably up to absolutely no good. I'm I'm very appreciative of you not repeating my comment that I <laughs> led us down the Wikipedia path. Wouldn't dream of it. Uh, but he he became very politically involved in the 60s, and um, he actually helped out on Democratic candidate uh, President Kennedy's campaign. RFK, not JFK, Robert, the Attorney General, who was going to run for president. Yeah. And was going to fucking win. And in the same year that Kennedy- He was present when he got shot and killed. Yeah, and the same- um, the same year that that happened, which rattled him to his very core, he found out that the person he thought was his mother was actually his grandmother, and the person he thought was his sister was his mother. And he sort of, I think the whole world moved beneath his feet and he couldn't really make heads or tails of anything. Similar thing happened to Jack Nicholson, actually. Is that right? Yeah. I think that is a um, quite a common thing. Mm. People finding out that a, a, a person who they thought was their sister was their mother. It's, you know, it's its not unheard of, that's for sure. I would be shocked. Imagine that. Because your older sister, seemingly to me, there isn't a lot between two you two. Years. Not well, enough that's years. What you've been to- that's what you've not been told. Not enough years. That's true. But even at the max, like I'm trying to extrapolate what the, the, the maximum young that you could be and the maximum old she could be to create the biggest delta. It just doesn't seem feasible to me. No, I don't think so. be pretty shocked if I found out my older brother was my mum as well. But basically, Emmanuel is trying to find her dream lover inside of her dream, and uh, she's staying in this sort of fuck palace, and all these other couples are having sex, and they're all sort of looking at her like, why aren't you taking part in this? Why do you not have a partner? And she goes, oh, he's away. And then they all kind of start bullying her for her, and... You know, she wants to know who it is. We want to know who it is. Harfron especially wants to know who it is. And he's sort of, he's, he's a bit of a prick. He's a very sensitive guy. He doesn't want to let anyone know that he's, he's got feelings. He's invested. Yeah. He's a piece of shit. Um, can't remember what prompted us to talk about it. Can I talk about the ethics of what happens in this movie? How do you feel about, how would you feel mm. about your dreams being analysed? Oh, no good. Although my dreams, I, I very rarely remember them in their totality. I remember a lot of moments and stuff. But my dreams are fucking weird. Like, they don't, they, they're very odd. Can I ask, have you been dreaming more or less than usual recently? Uh, I think I think more because now when I wake up, I generally tell Zoe what I had a dream about. Does so, she like that? Um, I think so. I think it's nice to have an insight into what your partner's dreaming about. You know, it gives you a very um, deep appreciation for what's going on in their head. Do you like hearing about Zoe's dreams? Uh, yeah, I do. Have either of you become upset at the other person for something that they dreamed? No. Do you know that sort of... Like a sex dream or something like that? Or just like if, if say, you have a dream and Zoe was rude to you or dismissive in oh, the dream, and then you wake up and you're like, hey... I haven't had that with Zoe. I haven't had that in ages, but I like distinctly remember having them as a as a you know as a younger man having those dreams of someone did something awful and be like, Ugh. and you carried that into the day. You can't not. But you know, that isn't that-, that a crazy feature of dreams that you like you wake up with a very real emotional state? Like those chemicals are flooding your brain, and it was from a completely invented story that your mind made up. But like. The emotional residue of a dream is is unquestionably real. The mm. feelings that you have, because I've woken up from dreams like crying because I had a sad dream, 
uh, I've woken up stoked. I woke up laughing once. I think I told you wow. about it at the time. It was like years ago. That's great. Um, because it, there was someone cracked like a really funny joke or something. And I even remembered, I don't remember now, but I did remember when I woke up. I was like, that You wanted funny. to remember the joke. I, I often laugh at jokes in a dream. And then when I wake up, I'm like, oh, wow, sick. Came up with a joke, but I can't remember it. But I think, God, that's so good. And also, I think it's so generous because it's often not me saying the joke. It's someone else in the dream. It's all you, baby. And I'm, I know it is all me, but I'm like, what a guy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, can you ask, uh, answer me a question? Um, I'm trying to connect the dots. Earlier on in the film, like right at the start, really, Emmanuel walks into the fuck palace and she's got those two friends. Do you remember that? They're mm-hmm. a couple. Mm-hmm. So, like, what happened next? Because <laughs> then suddenly, oh, maybe she's, a, she's in her right. hotel room. She's 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 that is a fuck palace. That's a different fuck palace, I think, that she's in with all those friends. And she sees the couple, and they're like, "Hi, Emmanuel, lovely to see you. So good. Oh, you're not here with your partner. Have you been out treasure hunting?" And she said, "Yes, I found this object, and that's what introduces the idea of what and is the, effectively the lamp." For and the, the props department did. Oh. They, they did their best, but it was not very good. I, I feel like they, a lot of time. I budget. feel like they forgot and yeah. they picked it up on the way to set in the morning, and it was just like the first thing they saw on the shelf of a porn shop because it was a. It, it looked like a sort of a child's toy. It had these uh, stars cut out of it. It's like a sort of slightly squashed globe shape, and then there's just like a pattern of stars, like you know, cut out of it that. Uh, it would illuminate from the inside out, so light would shine out yeah, of all the different stars. Biff some LEDs and dry ice in there, as you do. But it was—it looked like shit. Like it if you've been, hey you been treasure hunting, it looked like shit. If you've been treasure hunting, and this is what you came back with, like if you and I were friends, and you're like, "Oh, I'm getting into treasure hunting. I'm going to go out," and then you came back one day and <laughs> what you showed does that me even the, me. Well, like I'd be like, "Okay, Tim, you know, you got to yeah. do you whatever," and yeah. you came, you're like, "Hey, I had a really good time treasure hunting. Look what I found." I'd yes. be like, "Tim, you've been at the dump and you've just picked up rubbish." Dude, if I actually if I was going treasure hunting, the dump would be the perfect place to go because there is real treasure there. What kind of tre- what kind of treasure? all kinds of stuff, man? You ever been to a dump shop? My God, yeah, yeah, you can get amazing re- you things. Can get, I, I always think you can get really good like uh, crockery, crockery yeah. yeah, really good glassware and mugs. I think and... we both went to that. I um, was well that... because you know like not everyone likes the same mugs, and some of the mugs that people get rid of are fucking awesome. Even yeah. if you go to a Sally's, it's like you're looking at. Mug shapes and like novelty mugs that. What's that really incredible, um, like ovenware stuff that you can? It's like a brand La something, and it, they're oh. they're big dishes that last forever, and you buy them for people when they're like getting married, so they're set up for life. La Creuset, yeah, that that stuff. I remember a, um, an ex girlfriend of mine went to the dump shop and like found a set of that. Wow, and was just over the fucking moon. unbelievable. Yeah, that's yeah. so good. Yeah, it's so good. So. Anyway, the dump, a great place to find treasure, but I will give you this. This this object that she found was utter shit. It was actual rubbish. Yes. Um, but it had a genie in it, so fuck us, I guess, you know? So then um, he comes around, they have a bit of a tete-a-tete. Now, what's interesting in this, and what I did enjoy probably the most out of anything in this film, is they do a bit of a retcon explaining what genies actually are. And so this guy... Admittedly, we are inside Emmanuel's dream, so I guess none of this means anything. They do it through the medium of rap. No, they don't. (laughs) I wish. First of all, we can't understand what this genie is saying to Emmanuel. Neither can Emmanuel. 
he turns up naked and just starts babbling at her, which is quite freaking full on because she just got out of the shower. But Emmanuel is so open. She takes everything that happens in the world of this franchise in stride. Mm. Like, she's never really... This is, in fact, her response to this genie, because he couldn't speak English and communicate what was happening initially, uh, or couldn't speak at all, is the most irate you see her get. Like, usually it's like there's a... She's getting out of the shower, there's a naked person in her room. She's like, oh, hi, you're probably curious about sex. Well, you've come to the right place, because I love to fuck. She gets a bit over that guy and a, a bit concerned by his presence. But to be fair, in terms of justification, I think this is all happening inside a known fuck palace. So it's like there's probably going to be naked dudes roaming around a little bit. Yes, that's, but it's also like, you know. It's her room. It's her room. It's her room. It's her, her room. You've got to be asked into rules. the room. Yeah. So also, what, can I just quickly yeah. observe the genie, quite a buff, hot young dude. Not a bad actor too, I thought. Doesn't get thrown a fuck the whole movie. Yes, they do. They, she wishes that they fucking they do. But the genie. Yes. When? Emmanuel wishes that... She can have sex with them, and they have sex. They have a hot, steamy scene about the two-thirds mark through this film. In the room room where they initially meet. Mm, I don't know where they are. I don't know where they are, but they um, they fuck. Oh, good for them. She fucks the genie, dude. He gets... gets It was a waste of talent otherwise. Happy to hear it. We don't see his hog. (laughs) Sadly, my one wish would be a solitary hog on screen. And it went unfulfilled yet again. Maybe next time. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Anyway, my favorite... Sorry. I wish Christopher Nolan had his sci-fi hog and rolled it across the script so that things were a little bit more finely tuned. A sci-fi hog. Yeah. Just like a disembodied penis. 
rocking around oh, yeah, imbuing yeah. dreams with meaning and <laughs> suggestion. Um, so my favorite bit was he starts explaining what he actually is, and he's like, yeah, 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 everyone thinks genies come from, like, Saudi Arabia and we live in a lamp. Nah, I'm an alien. <laughs> and I was like, fuck, I love this. I love this alternative explanation for what they are. So he's this super powerful being that can grant wishes, presumably to anyone, but he does Endless to wishes, too. None the of this three-wish three bullshit. That's part of the... He laughs in the face of the notion that it's three wishes. Yeah. He's like, nah, it's literally whatever you want, whenever you... But also, and he does say careful. this, he says, be careful, and she finishes, she says, what you wish for. Yeah. One of the few bits of concise uh, scripting, because they both finish a single line, rather than there being one line of dialogue thrown back and forward between mm. two characters... Um, there are some twins. Well, they're kind of presented as twins in this film. They're not twins. They're just people who they talk speak simultaneously. Yeah, they're, they're both they're both blonde. They're both blonde women who speak in unison. Um, they're really annoying. They keep popping up, and everyone who you see initially, either if they're on the spaceship as an alien part of Hefron's science team, or if they're in the fuck palace, they reappear. Um, through time, through space and time, in different Arabian dreams, in different places, well, no, and the recounting of the original, all of the people who appearance. Interestingly, I think all of the people in the fuck palace, which is the first entry point of the Emmanuel's day dream, fuck palace. Yeah, yeah, they're all uh, they're all staff. They're all aliens from the spaceship. You were there, and you were there, yeah. and you were there, and but so none of your hogs. What happens is Emmanuel goes to sleep. And then Hafron and everyone else puts on their dream-watching kit. And then they watch her have these erotic dreams about them. And also they derive pleasure from this because they don't really start having sex on the spaceship, but they all kind of start writhing as though they are having the physical sensation of what is being dreamed at the time. It's like what I was describing about dreams, that it, it, it leaves you with a true emotional residue of the thing. They are experiencing the dream. Yeah, but then whenever they withdraw from the dream, because mm. these people do not have sex with each other on the spaceship. Like, it's not did like they, a free-for-all. Did they do that in one of the previous films? Maybe, did but it's like fucking? they're all watching this big group sex dream featuring all of them, and then they pull out, and none of them are like, wow, it's crazy, she's having a dream about us having group sex. Yeah. They're all like, dreams are weird, huh? They don't really <laughs> make sense. And to my eyes, I'm like, guys, if you're having such a good time watching a, a cosmic version of yourselves having group sex, why don't you just forget about watching a dream Take your clothes off. Have a bit of fun on the spaceship as well. That's always the way, though. Humans, we well, I guess they're aliens, actually. But sentient beings, we always get in our own way, mm. you know, of having fun. There's lots of situations like that in real life where uh, it's just like, well, why don't, why don't we just do this thing? And then you're like, no. Are you saying that you've passed up having sex before? In an orgy? Yeah. Uh, passed up having sex before. Yeah, I think that's probably happened at some point. <laughs> nice, nice. Not me. If I get a sniff of a chance. <laughs> Any fucking I'm like a truffle a truffle pig for intercourse. Did you have did you have anyone who you thought was doing a good job apart from the genie? I thought Krista Allen actually did a pretty great job as Emmanuel. She's consistent. I really did miss the director. I think yeah. this this new director was um Tough act to follow. Like, if we'd started with the... I can't remember the name of the director, so I'll, I'll get it up. But, like, if we'd started with this guy and then That's moved to that, the guy with comedy chops, would have been more impressive. But it was just a bit drab. I thought Chris Allen was fantastic as Emmanuel. I thought that the genie was good. And everyone else, 
not really given enough to do. Like, they drive this movie forward, and I couldn't believe how annoying I found the guy, though, who was, um, in the first instance, he's sort of the, the man of the fuck palace in the present time, so he hosts a dinner... <laughs> Which is just everyone gets distributed a bowl of salad and it's basically seven women around a table and him at the head. And he says, did everybody have a good day? They go, yes, we had the best day. And he says, Emmanuel, did you have a good day? And she says, what? And he says, Emmanuel, did you? It's just this fucking repetitious bullshit. It's so good. And he's like, do, do, you know, do you want to fuck? And she's like, no, I'm waiting for my man to get back from... We, I, he's overseas for some reason. Yeah, he's working. In the present day fuck palace. And the, so he portrays this very annoying guy who everyone's having sex with in the present day fuck palace. And then when we do the origin story um, of when Jeannie first encounters a human to, to become a master to one and give dreams out, uh, wishes out, he then portrays, I guess, a kind of sheikh or prince. Um, and the, the woman comprise his harem. And he is equally annoying then. There's one bit where Krista Allen, because she, in the flashback, in the story, is playing one of his many wives, this, like, prince, yeah. prince of Persia she's a character. wife. she's a wife on the outer ring. She's on the peripheral. Yeah. And they've all got their spots on his body, and she gets frustrated. She tries to keep finding an in, and she can would have been an can't. incredible scene to shoot. It's like this one guy lying there, and then five naked women who have all just staked their flag on different body parts. Like, someone's taking his right hamstring someone's taken his left hand and she's it's like a colonization version of twister on a human body ferreting around all of these other like nude bodies trying to lay claim to some body part and then all of them like i go here i go here i go here and she goes i wish it was just me and the guy and then the woman will stand up and leave because anything she wishes can become true wish she framed it as a wish so the genie um, made it so the genie never specifies is is that wishes can't compromise other people's free will we don't explore that. So j- just to complete this scene, though, what happens next is um, Emmanuel, as the wife of the prince, she then, like, starts serving him because she's, she's all about trying to be, like, a subservient wife. And so he just starts belting out orders. He's like, I want grapes. I want wine. I want a back rub. I want sex. <laughs> and he does it, like, in this rapid-fire succession like a big baby. And I just, there's something that I find, like it's intentionally supposed to be very annoying and off-putting, but I find it fucking repulsive that we keep getting presented with these dudes who are just so like uh, um, infantilized. You know, like I find it really fucking gross that they're having sex and they're just these big, dumb babies. These big, burly idiots. Yeah. Yeah, they're all real buff too. They're all these real big buff babies having sex. Who's that for though? Because these are all pretty heteronormative films. Like they traditionally portray men and women having sex Mm. or like men and a few women having sex. It's always the key marquee event. But as a man, you're watching it and you're like, this guy sucks. As a woman, you'd be watching it and think, this guy, like whose gaze is meant to be upon these films? uh, Maybe. Maybe I'm thinking too highly of myself when I say this, but I think at the time, in the culture, mid-90s, if you're getting Emmanuel to get your rocks off, maybe you do identify with that guy. Mm. You know what I mean? Maybe it is your kind of world where you're like, yeah, I wish. I'm a, I too am a big baby. Do you know who I think these movies are for? Like fucking NASCAR fans. 
from the mid nineties. Like a, a fucking overweight couch potato. Or us in the, like literally us in the late nineties. Yeah, that's a that's a good point. Teenage boys without yeah. access to computers. Yeah, and they fucking they got us. They did. They got us. To this day, they still have us. Twenty years on, still watching the same porn. Not masturbating to them anymore, though. Speaking of which, boner inspector! Nah. Yeah, I didn't to think... An- that, uh, to an- a combination of annoyed and repulsed. I didn't think there'd be anything for me there. I, I didn't even... Not even a scene, yeah, that I was like, this could be erotic if I wasn't watching it next to Tim. What happens when the boner inspector gets a non-false flag, gets a real detection on the radar? So we can both look forward to finding uh, out. I think probably... erection on the radar. Um... I, you know, we don't know how the boner inspector actually feels about boners. We just know that the boner inspector's job is to maraud across the globe. I reckon he lives in fear of them. Nothing is as motivating as fear, and this guy is persistent in his pursuit of checking whether surely, or not there's a boner. If around. that was true of the boner inspector, then ignorance would be bliss, and he would he wouldn't inspect for boners. That's not everyone's all, path. All he wants to know is if someone had a boner. What he does with that information. We'll find out when we get it. But right now, it's none of our business. If I was deathly allergic to almonds, I would always ask, are there almonds in this? If I was eating. But the... Yeah, but... If you were deathly allergic to almonds, you wouldn't seek out a line of work called Almond Inspector. And go, <laughs> That's true. And Inle- go, but unless I had found a way to monetize my... You know, I'm always going to ask anyway. If I could so, turn this into a crust, that's that's pretty yeah, good. Yeah, that's a bonus. No, I think I think if the boner inspector found a boner, mm-hmm. I, first of all, there'd be shock. Yeah, there'd be excitement. I uh, might throw a drinks party. Yeah, let's not fuck around. I think he is looking forward to it. Yeah, I think just uh, the knowledge that it's out there. I can have my fun imagining that he's afraid of them, but realistically, this guy is on the hunt. But I, it's it's nothing. In a good way. Yeah, it's nothing sexual. It's just like it's the knowledge that a boner has existed at a moment in time. Mm. That's all. That's all the boner inspector wants. And right now, I'm th- in my head, he probably it, feels like he's he's coming into work every day, and he's like, I don't know why I bother showing up anymore. I'm just thinking of that Disney song, "When You Wish Upon a Star." When you wish upon a star. That was it. I couldn't remember the tune. I don't know what happens after that. I watched Soul the other day. I know we're not supposed to bring up other movies on this podcast. Well, but it's a they, good thing that we're not supposed to, and that you're they, not going to. They did a. Um, because it's all about a, a guy who teaches jazz to high school kids. And they did like a... Whiplash? It's not Whiplash. It's a different movie. Okay. And they did that Disney... Because um, they have that on the on the ident. And it was like the band playing it. Uh, real shitly. It was good. That is good. Like oh, like a, bit, like a jazz band. You know like when it. in the Matrix, when they, when they do the Warner Brothers logo, but it's like all fucking Matrixed out and the green screen and whatnot? That was fucking cool. I remember that. I don't, rem- I don't remember that. Imprinted on my brain. And then I think Warner Brothers just started using it for other films. Mm. It was so good. I might just sit down here in this aeroplane seat next to you. Is and- that George fucking Lazenby, world's greatest listener? I heard you've been talking shit about the Bond franchise. Not me, man. Well, a little bit. I'm just accurately describing the financial roulette game that MGM seem to play every few years when one of these additions to the franchise appear. Yeah, yeah if you ask me, the the franchise sort of went to shit 
after 1969. Do you reckon? Yeah, Honor Majesty's Secret Service was the one good Bond film. Man, almost everyone disagrees <laughs> with you on that. Almost everyone can suck my old dick. Hey, well, you know what? We've You've done such a great job of listening for all of these episodes, George Lazerby. Maybe it's time that we listen to you. Go off. You want me to pitch a porno? I, I, yeah, I do. Yeah. In the vein of what you just watched. It can be in any vein you want. Well, I, 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 or I can pitch one to you. It's totally up I'm to you. I'm trying to find my voice. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the, the storyteller no must find their line, voice. Yes. Uh, well, I, uh, what gets my rocks off in my old age? Sometimes I'll be sitting at home in the in the sitting reading chair at the end of my bed. Ah, yes, the sitting reading chair, a mainstay of any bedroom. That's right, it's where I sit or read, sometimes both. And uh, we have this um, this maid who comes by and she helps tidy up the, the house and the room. French? Is, is the maid French? Mm. Sure, yeah, yeah. A French she's, maid? Yeah, she's French. And, um, well, I suppose what I'm pitching is um, I'm reading a book in French, and she says, oh, you are reading a book in French. And I say yes, and then we have sex. (laughs) (laughs) George, I would have thought with all the accumulated porno pictures at your disposal, you would have had a little bit more meat on the bones. Oh, my line. bones are meaty. You don't need to worry about my meaty well, bone. Let, okay, let me try and extract some... And that's some, what it's called. What, meat on the bone? The meaty bone. Oh, yeah. Whoa, now we're getting somewhere. Or now we're cooking. Le bone du meat. <laughs> I think that's accurate. What book are you reading in French? Uh, an atlas. An atlas of the world. Yeah, but it's all in Francais. Mm. So it's like Nueva Zelanda. Yeah, and I say, would you like? I say, would I you like Spanish. to see where I'm from? And she says, yes. And I've cut out a hole in the in the book, and so I open the book, and so I'm just going to show her a, a, a picture in the atlas. But I poke my meaty bone through it, and I get a horrible paper cut. And it, it it's really lacerates the and it's bleeding and it's near a nerve and but we fix it we nurse it back to health and then she stays with me for three months while I slowly recover and then to celebrate we have we that's when we have sex. It's very niche. I don't know who the audience for this is, and I'm not even sure what genre it fits in because this doesn't strike me as erotic cinema. It's knocking on the door of a horror film. Well, it's 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 very scary if you're a prude. I guess that's true. <laughs> I guess that's true. Well, George, it's always a pleasure to see you. See ya. <laughs> nice guy. Yeah, very quick out the door this time, <laughs> which may 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 well um, have served all of us well, mm. I think. So, look, should we close things off? I wish we would. Um, I think I would like to suggest some rewrites to this. Number one. A reminder in storytelling, when you end the tale and then I woke up, 
it's a bad end to the tale. It's hard to care about the movie if at the start of it you say, we're going to watch a dream, and at the end of it you say, that was a dream. You've removed any stakes that the audience has in what's going on. And if you are going to have a porno set inside of a dream, feel free to show us a fucking cock. Yeah, because then you're not breaking the rules. You've created a new playground. You can do anything you want inside of that. Especially if you're in a dream, in a dream, in a story that a genie in told fact, you. In fact, do you know that we're we're railing against the thing that I also remember complaining about inside of the Overlooked and Undercooked season that either has, just, come has just come out or is currently coming out. But it's just come it's out. It's just come out all the way. Yes. All the way. Where it's like, if you're introducing the idea that you're relaying a dream... Take some license with it. Don't be bound by the rules of reality. I think they were bound by the budget of this production in this case. Oh, look, you can throw a guy an extra $200 to see his cock on screen. Oh, I see what you're saying. You're just still fixated on the cock bit. I thought you meant just general um, elevation of production values. We got breasts. We got ass, male and female. We got full frontal for the ladies. Yeah, we got... It's sort of like you you see Mon's pubis. You Mm. don't actually see anything... I hardly know her. That's really good. But we just do not see, we don't see a man's pubic hair. We don't see anything. And I I sort of feel like I'm going on a quest now. (laughs) Much like the boner inspector. Yeah. To see a. You are the boner. We are all. Je suis boner Boner inspector. Yeah. Turgid time. That is the segment. Oh, okay. The boner inspector is looking for boners on us. Right. Turgid time's about trying to see a turgid cock on screen. Oh, okay. Turgid um, Tim. We actually... It's you. You are researching this. I think we got closer than we have ever to seeing any kind of penis on screen this time. And it was a shot of the genie, who was named Gene. He's actually got a longer name that starts Gene Gene, and then he has a whole bunch of other An syllables that I can't remember. They call him Gene. When he first appears naked, and they have a... Um, what, like a mid shot, I guess you'd describe it as, and we go so far as to see his pubes, oh. the, the northern region of his pubes. You see actual pubes? We saw pubes. We saw his pubes, and that's why they call you Turgid Tim. I was on the lookout. Turgid Tim, eyes on the prize, the treasure hunter. He'll go to the dump. He'll come back with a dismembered cock. He is the people's champion. Thank you so much for joining us. Please do not watch these films unless you want to. Uh, I don't know, have a very unsatisfying masturbatory experience. Yeah, I concur. And if you'd like to join us on Patreon, um, that'll be the opposite, a satisfying and rewarding time for Where you. Where you will achieve Climax, one piece of premium Patreon content at a time. Patreon.com slash T-W-I-O-A-T. It is the reason for the season. keep doing this. Well, it's not the reason we keep doing this. It's the it, it gives us the ability to keep doing this. It's how you can enable this. Which actually, in, a, in, a, in some ways, to some years, will be um, not fodder to get involved, but a good reason for people to get their mates out of it. Yeah. Yeah, if you're abstaining, hats off to you. Mad respect. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. 
Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.